Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Alcena Lloyd, and this is The Daily Download. Today, HousingWire's HW Plus Managing Editor, Brenna Nath, discusses the housing industry's role in reviving the U.S. economy. I'll also cover the federal government's investigation into money laundering in real estate, a report that claims 80% of U.S. renters were able to make a rent payment this month despite coronavirus-related hardships, and an announcement from New York Governor Andrew Cuomo to extend New York's eviction moratorium through August. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Extraordinary challenges demand extraordinary solutions. CoreLogic is uniquely positioned to help you navigate this historic disruption. Whether it's virtual home showings, flexible employment verifications, or automated loan modification engines, CoreLogic delivers the data-driven solutions, targeted insights, and deep domain expertise trusted by the nation's most successful mortgage lenders. Explore how CoreLogic can help you today. Visit corelogic.com forward slash COVID-19. Thanks for listening, and here's Brennan Ath on the housing industry's role in reviving the U.S. economy. To start this Monday's episode, we're covering Kathleen Howley's interview with CoreLogic chief economist Frank Nothaft. The housing industry got a bad reputation the last time the American economy tanked. As a refresher, a risky subsector of home financing subprime loans got packaged into bonds stamped with AAA ratings and sold at huge profits to investors, including pension funds and Wall Street banks. When banks started failing, it pushed the nation's financial system to the brink. But now the housing industry has a chance to redeem its reputation by rescuing the American economy, Nofath explained, who was also chief economist of Freddie Mac for 28 years, including the time of the housing crash and three years into the recovery. It's a familiar role for the nation's largest asset class. In every recession before the 2008 financial crisis, housing supported GDP as other industries faltered. It happened in 2001, the last time a recession was caused by an outside force rather than the rotting from within of the financial system that happened 12 years ago. And it's not just the ancillary spending that goes along with the home purchase, such as curtains, couches, and stoves that creates economic growth though that is an important factor in an economy that's driven by consumer spending. In a typical quarter, about 70% of GDP growth is caused by Americans spending money. It's also a direct impact of home building, which creates jobs and fuels demand for lumber, drywall, and other building material. The article also spotlights two big differences between what's happening now and the Great Recession. First, unlike the Great Recession, banks and mortgage lenders aren't shuttering. In fact, they're hiring to ramp up for a wave of refinances as homeowners scramble to get the lowest rates ever offered. Secondly, back then, there was also a surplus of homes available on the market. Right now, we have a shortage of inventory. And to wrap up today's coverage and to look ahead, No Theft also said that millennials who have their financial house in order and are ready to buy are going to be well positioned to jump in and buy a home as soon as we see more supply coming onto the market. So, for the rest of today's episode, here's Elsina Lloyd. Thank you for listening, and I'll wrap with today's top stories, beginning with an investigation into money laundering and the real estate industry. According to an article, which is written by Ben Lane, the federal government has been looking into whether or not foreign buyers use shell companies to purchase luxury real estate in the U.S. to launder money for more than four years. 
Lane says the Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, which has been investigating all cash luxury real estate deals since January 2016, announced Friday that it is extending its investigation until November 2020 at least. Initially, the investigation looked into whether unknown buyers were using shell companies to buy high-end real estate in Manhattan and Miami-Dade County because the government was concerned about illicit money being used in the deals. The results of that initial investigation showed more than 25% of transactions reviewed involved a beneficial owner who was also the subject of a suspicious activity report, which is an indication of possible criminal activity. From there, the department expanded the investigation several times. First, it began looking into all cash real estate deals in Los Angeles, San Francisco, and several other areas. But as the investigation continued, it expanded it again, both lowering the reporting threshold and adding new cities to the investigation. In November 2018, the department ordered title companies in Boston, Chicago, Dallas-Fort Worth, Honolulu, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Miami, New York City, San Antonio, San Diego, San Francisco, and Seattle to report on the person behind shell companies on cash deals of $300,000 or more. Those orders were set to expire in May 2019, but the department later extended the orders through November 2019 and now through May 2020. Our next report comes from Julia Falcon and covers the National Multifamily Housing Council's latest rent payment tracker. According to the organization, despite coronavirus-related financial hardships, 80.2% of apartment households still managed to make a full or partial rent payment by May 6th. Although this is a slight decline from the same period last year, the organization's president, Doug Bibby, said the housing market is still seeing evidence that apartment renters who can pay rent are stepping up and doing so. According to him, the month of May is likely to mirror the month of April, which is when the payment rate increased throughout the month as financial assistance worked its way to American bank accounts. Our last story also comes from Julia Falcon and announces that New York's governor, Andrew Cuomo, has extended New York's eviction moratorium through August. According to the article, the moratorium, which is originally put in place in March and supposed to last through June, has been extended until August 20th. As of now, the executive order, which was put in place to help those facing financial hardships due to the COVID-19 pandemic, states New York landlords are prohibited from charging tenants late fees and renters are allowed to apply their security deposits to their rent. In reference to the announcement, the governor said he hopes it gives families a deep breath. Thanks for listening to today's top stories. And the Housing Wire team will be back again tomorrow to cover the top stories that you need to know in the daily download. Mm-hmm.